What is up, everybody? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 162 of Spinning Thoughts. We have premiere episodes every single Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We're on Twitter at Spin Thoughts, and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. Free music content from me and many of my friends to you. I have so much excitement, if you can't tell, surrounding this episode. And really, it's because of who my guest is. Everybody, say hello to Patty Walters from As It Is. Patty, how are you? Hello, I'm very good. I'm very good. It's nice to be talking to you today. Thank you so much. And, you know, I want to just point out for everybody right now at the beginning of this episode, because I think this is going to be the best thing that we talk about, Patty, is where you currently are right now. You might be hearing some of these sounds in the background, which I, look, I encourage it right now. Patty, where are you right now? I'm currently at Disney World Orlando in Orlando, Florida. (laughs) Hey, I really appreciate it. As we were talking off the air, it's the most magical place in the world, and you're talking to a little old podcast here on Spinning Thoughts. So I appreciate you, brother. It's all good. It's all good. Happy to be here. So, you know, speaking of Disneyland World, wherever the hell you are right now, uh, it, you know, yesterday at the time of this taping, this past weekend was the Super Bowl here uh, that everybody goes crazy about. And uh, typically, from what I understand, when a team wins, I guess they always talk about going to where you are. Now, as it is, they didn't you guys didn't play in the Super Bowl. But did you get a chance to watch it yesterday, Patty? I did not, but I also don't know if I've ever watched a full Super Bowl. I've seen like a like a little bit of it, and I saw Justin Timberlake last year. That was cool. I yep. did not watch uh, Maroon Five this year, um, but I've I've not heard the kindest of words shared about uh, the halftime performance. But right. um, I'm not the sports guy. But like our band, definitely are our drummer, especially loves American football uh, because he is English. We're an English band, so we right. call it American football where we're from. Of course, of course. Course. Now, do you know what particular like uh, team he's into? He supports the Baltimore Ravens. There we go. Um, for uh, reasons un- unbeknownst to me, <laughs> but that is definitely his team. All right. So you didn't get a chance to to watch the Super Bowl. I was, you know, peeking back and forth on it. You know, everyone saying it wasn't the most electric thing in the world. A lot of people watch for the commercials. I didn't notice any commercials that really stood out to me. And then, of course. You know, you have the halftime show. There was a lot of buzz going on about that with the bands and the performers that were going on. I don't want to get into that kind of detail, but Patty, I am curious if, as it is, was asked to perform at the Super Bowl, right? You know, maybe next year you guys are riding a huge wave right now. I think it's reasonable. Uh, yeah. What, what, what three songs would you want to play at the Super Bowl for as it is? Oh, wow. I thought the question was going to be, would you do it? In which case, I would go, no, I would be far too terrified to be playing in front of that many people televised. Yeah, that would scare the hell out of me. However, um, what three songs would we hypothetically perform? Right. Um, I would 
really get great satisfaction out of playing the Wounded World um, yeah, yeah. at an American sports event, given the kind of like American political and societal climate right now. Right. Um, and then equally, I think the Stigma Boys Don't Cry is a cool uh, current modern message. And I mean... Apart from that, I'd love to play the end. The end is the last song off of the new record, and it would just be really, really fun to do something so unconventional and dramatic on live TV. I guess that would be kind of cool. Not very fitting, but very fun for (laughs) me. It seems like it would almost be kind of ironic or an oxymoron or something like that for as it is to perform, especially songs off of the Great Depression at something that's so commercialized as the Super Bowl. Would you agree? I would, yeah, I can take so much joy out of something quite like that. Something so ironic and satirical. Uh, that would be awesome. And that's why I think it's going to happen. I'm going to put those vibes out there for you, Patty. I love that. <laughs> now, the the final hard question that I'm going to ask here about the Super Bowl, and then we're going to move on into the music world of things here, is, you know, these these artists, these bands, they always have, like, people that they perform with. There's... Uh, always controversy around that as well. Uh, what band or what artist would you want to perform with? Again, in this hypothetical situation that as it is would be playing at a Super Bowl halftime show. Um, I'd bring Sharp Tooth. Sharp Tooth are just Hell our yeah. homies through and through. I love that band. I'm a fan of that band. And they're great people. And they're saying such great things. So undeniably, indisputably, Sharp Tooth. There we go. Uh, I think that this is something that more people need to push. Sharp Tooth and as it is at Super Bowl 50 whatever next year we'll we'll expect love that (laughs) so hey uh you know we talked about the super bowl here i'm not sure if anybody else checked it out let us know if you did on twitter at spin thoughts the commercials the performances what songs would you want to hear as it is perform in this hypothetical situation i'm creating uh but patty you know i was looking into it's here it's interesting doing a podcast because i listen to a lot of music and you know, there's bands that are kind of on my bucket list. Believe it or not, man, you are one of those, uh, you know, people I really have been wanting to talk to. Uh, so I am stoked to have this opportunity. But whenever I get this chance to talk to somebody from a band, uh, especially a band that I look up to, I like to dig in and just really go under the surface. And I, surprisingly enough, Patty, I, I found out some things about the band that I didn't really know, uh, you know heading into this conversation so i want to talk about it real quick the oh cool you're you're from minnesota right you were born in minnesota um i was born in fairfax virginia Fair, oh, my family it. is all from minneapolis um but i was born in uh fairfax when my parents were living in dc at gotcha. the time gotcha but my whole family is basically from either minnesota or south dakota and um on like uh i I always get this mixed up the the british and the american phrase but summer holiday school holiday summer vacation um i would go back to uh minnesota every summer for like one to two months and see my uh dad side of the family the my dad's side of the family mostly and then we just kind of do minnesota things it was uh (laughs) it's really cool it's definitely kind of like in my blood and just kind of part of who i am um but the uk is just home i've been living in the uk for 20 years now um and i just love it i love it it's such a cool interesting colorful place and see that's what i kind of want to talk about patty here real quick from uh it's kind of like this transition because as it is is it is marketed and coined and you know pushed as a 
as a UK band, right? I mean, that is where you guys are yeah. based. Oh, definitely. And then, you know, a lot of people put a lot of focus in on the lead singers and bands and whatnot. So you got Patty Walters here that's, you know, from, uh, you know, born in Virginia, but uh, maybe spent a lot of time here in, in Minneapolis. So what exactly, like, how did it all come about in, in a, I guess, a concise kind of way? I, I'm under the impression you kind of put feelers out there, like, some of the best bands have done just like kind of put it out there to say, yo, I'm interested in creating a band who is out there that is vibing with me like this. I'm under the impression that's kind of how things happen. But how did you go from being this this dude in like Minneapolis to being in as it is that is based in a whole other country traveling the world? Yeah. Um, so we were all um, stu- studying in a city called Brighton at the time. We were all at university. Um, but we didn't know each other. I put this ad up on a website called joinmyband.co.uk, um, citing a couple influences like the starting line and set your goals and the early November, um, to which we met basically the entire band because we, we, we didn't know each other at all before forming this band. The only person I knew was Ben. Um, and he and I went to university together and, I don't think said all too many words to each other. We didn't know each other well apart from we can just kind of tell by the t-shirts that we would wear to university that we had similar taste in music. Um, and it was just kind of by pure coincidence and serendipity that um, I was starting up this band and Ben and I were on the same train to London. One of us was going to a show. One of us was seeing friends. I don't even remember who was doing what, but I, I said to Ben, I was like, you know, we're trying to get this band off the ground. It's similar to the t-shirts that you wear into university. Would you like to be part of it? Um, and when I asked him to join, he thought he would be playing drums. Oh, I wow. encouraged us to get a better vocalist and I would play bass and do the harmonies. Um, and that was kind of how this band came together is, you know, nobody thought we were entirely incredible at what we did. We just wanted to have a good time and maybe play a couple of shows along the way. And what, six to seven years later, here we are. Um, it's, it's so wildly unexpected, but we are so appreciative. Like we, we love every second of doing what we do. So you were in the UK when you put the feelers out there to create what would become as it is. What got you over across the pond in the first place? So we moved. Um, my dad's job took us over. Um, we were, I, I think I was six and my sister was two, something like that. I was maybe just turning six. Gotcha. Um, but we moved over for what we planned on being three years. Um, and everyone just kind of fell in love with the UK. And I never came back. My, my family's all moved to uh, back to America and I've stayed behind. Um, and... The UK is just home. I don't really see me leaving anytime soon. I just love it there. Now, Patty, I've never lived in another country outside of the United States. I think that, you know, you have some pretty cool perspective here. What I haven't noticed with you is it doesn't seem like you've really taken on the accent of that area. And, you know, I've I've I had I knew somebody who it might be a little excessive or aggressive, but I knew somebody who like went across uh, you know, to study abroad for school during college, and they came back with a little bit of that, you know, that that lingo and that that language almost. What do you feel that you've incorporated any of that kind of like, uh, you know, language or just the way you speak? I'm not. I don't pick it up. 
I definitely incorporate the language and like the terminology or refer to the trash can as the bin more often than not (laughs) and other kinds of things like that. But the accent definitely didn't stick. And I I, I suppose I'm not entirely sure why that is. Um, I think it's fortunate for um, a band of our genre to, you know, have the uh, authentic American twang when I'm singing, I suppose. But um, it's funny. I guess I'm just less malleable to accents or something. There are (laughs) uh, English friends that I have that will, if they spend a lot of time around me, um, start to sound more like my accent than the other way around. And I, I, I don't know why it is that I haven't adapted quite as much as the people that you're refer- referring to and people that I definitely know. But it's, uh, it's strange. It's definitely strange. I don't know. Now, I'm not going to ask you to go ahead and do an accent because I, I'm not a big fan of like forcing that kind of thing. But I am just curious, do you get asked to do like a British accent and do you do it well? Um, I definitely do not do it well, and I haven't been asked all that many times, but it's it's funny because when you're in you know, a friendship group, if someone says something funny, sometimes you'll repeat it. So being surrounded by Brits the way that I am, I'll often repeat things, but in a totally different accent and say things in a totally different way because it's just not something I've never been good with accents or impressions of any kind. So I just leave that to die. That does not happen <laughs> for me at all. It's it's interesting you say that like impressions, accents, you don't do well. I can understand that. But one thing I really, really love to, uh, about your art, Patty, is obviously the music, but I love the visual aspect. And we're going to talk about that later in the episode about some of these music videos. I mean, you're a phenomenal actor. Like you actually really bring so much emotion and color uh, visually into these videos. It's It's quite impressive. So uh, you, may, you may not be great at impressions, but you certainly translate well in a music video. Oh, thank you. That's very cool and kind. I appreciate it. We have premiere episodes every single Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We're on Twitter at Spin Thoughts, and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. I'm here with Patty Walters from As It Is, and, you know, recently, Patty, I saw on social media the band made this official announcement, uh, something that feels like maybe a long time coming. Uh, the announcement was that Ronnie Ish is an official member of As It Is. What made the band, like, actually come forward? Because he's been in the band for some time, has he not? Yeah, he has. And he's just been part of kind of our immediate family for such a long time. We met Ronnie in 2015 on our first ever Warp Tour. Um, and Ronnie was with a clothing brand at the time. And he did his following two Warp Tours with Fearless Records um, and came back to the final Vans Warp Tour um, on stage um, playing for As It Is. And in the meantime, in, in 2016-17, Ronnie has been our... Uh, tour manager, our guitar tech, our oh, driver, wow. merch. He has done pretty much any job, ev- any and every job capacity that you can have with a touring band for us. And he's just been part of our family for such a long, uh, for such a long time. Just our crew is family. There's no divide whatsoever. So he's been one of our best and closest friends for years now. And when the when we were in need of a lead guitarist, he was the first and only person. Um, that we had in mind. Um, so he has been officially playing, um, just uh, filling the shoes of a lead guitarist since Warp Tour of 2018, but he has been an official member since the 
start of this year, but he has been as good as in this band for for much, much longer than that. But it is it feels really ceremonious to finally celebrate that um, and really welcome him with super open arms from our perspective and from our fans perspective that Ronnie is officially in the band now. Now. Again, he's somebody that you're saying is, he's been around. He's part of the family. Was the announcement to the public happened toward the end of January when the band actually like came together and said, "All right, dude, we're gonna like make this official." Whenever that happened, was it a big deal or was it just kind of at that point like, yeah, you know, it's this is probably expected? Or did you guys celebrate? I mean, was it a big deal? It was a huge deal, and I don't think it was expected. Um, from him, um, he hadn't played guitar live in I think five or more years. Oh, okay. So he had been um, working um, various crew capacities for us and other bands um, along the way, and I don't think he expected it at all um, to 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 really be like playing and joining the band. Um, but he just knew that we loved him and cared about him loads. So I think he was very surprised, taken aback, and um, it's been nothing but. Uh, a good time having him officially in the band now. I would have to assume, Patty, that when the band goes and makes a decision like this to to formally announce a member to be part of this family that, as it is, really has, uh, you know, down strong, uh, obviously you're thinking about the future. So how do you expect this official addition to the band to impact, as it is, and the music moving forward? I think it definitely does imply um, the optimism that we have towards the longevity of this band. When we were writing and recording The Great Depression, no one really could say with any degree of certainty um, that we were going to make it to album four. There was a very legitimate possibility that The Great Depression was going to be our third and final album. Um, and I think that's why that record did embrace so many musical and lyrical risks, um, because for, for, for a lot of us, um, and all of us at one point, we really had nothing to lose. Um, but I think that's the nature of some of your darker experiences is that when you're on the other side of them, everything is so very bright and we are so excited and proud to be in this band, um, and to be, um, writing, recording album four and five and six. We are just so so very thrilled and lucky to be doing this. So can you expand a little bit, Patty, on what you were just saying there? Why was, why was there a vibe that, that Great Depression could be a third and final? Was it, be, was it because of just how, from my perspective of listening to it and really loving it, man, I mean, I really do enjoy the album. It's just so intricate and there's so much diversity to the album was it that you felt that you were putting all the eggs into this basket? Or, I mean, what was it that made you feel like, you know, you weren't so sure about what was next? Yeah, I mean, there are so many reasons. Um, we went through a lineup change, like I mentioned before, and before that time, um, the band relationship was at an all-time low. It was just a very toxic and unenjoyable unfulfilling experience um and when we began 2018 or yeah 20 no 2000 oh my god when did we record this album 2018 <laughs> uh one year ago um was when things really started to feel new and exciting and refreshing and fulfilling again um as a four piece and becoming a five piece we are this is the closest we have ever been and the fact of the matter is that you 
form a band and you perform as a band because it's something that you love and it brings you tons of enjoyment. You don't do it for the money. You don't do it for the um, stability. Those are things that are few and far between when you're a part of this industry. And if you're not enjoying yourself, there are very few things keeping you grounded and committed to this project. So when we weren't enjoying ourselves anymore, um, there were very few reasons to continue being part of this band. So we, throughout writing this record, just took the songwriting as seriously as we could so that if this was our third and final album, we would be leaving behind a legacy and an album that was going to make us proud uh, no matter what happened. Um, And I think that's why we are so proud of this record is because we really wrote it like, who knows, maybe this is our final record or maybe this is the start of something really beautiful around the corner. We genuinely did not know. So now you do know. And what is, I mean, are you guys, you guys haven't started writing LP4 or have you? Or are the ideas Um, out there? We are always creatively up to something and there are um a lot of incredible exciting extensions of the great depression along the way um which i won't elaborate on but i mean we're incredibly proud of them and uh we are already talking about album four i think the great depression has been out what between like six to seven to eight months but we i i have a very difficult time living in the present i am always kind of living in the creative and personal future. Um, so that's where I spend a lot of my time and thought. Um, so I, it's very difficult for me to uh, not think about the next record. So um, we, we've not officially started writing anything, but I have given it uh, so much thought over the, the, the past few months. All right. Well, you know, everybody's going to be there. There's a lot of content and a lot of stuff from as it is to take in and appreciate uh, in the present. So, you know, I don't want to get ahead of anybody uh, also here with what is down the line. And when you said that the Great Depression has been out for like six, seven months, I'm thinking, shit, it feels like it's been like a couple years. And I'm just a dude who listens to the album. I can't imagine what it's like for you because, you know, the, the cycle starts sometimes years before it seems like it starts for everybody else right yeah what's what's so incredibly strange is we um conceptualized the great depression january 5th of 2017 um which was three weeks before okay was released so we were kind of occupying the headspace of the great depression throughout the entirety of touring okay and everybody finally getting to experience our second record that we had written and recorded and released at that point and we flew exactly a year later january 5th of 2018 to record the great depression so that took exactly a year to conceptualize and write and then between six to eight weeks to record um and with this album i wanted to be so much more present uh, mentally, um, so that when everybody was really getting to consume and digest the Great Depression as a world and an album, um, that I was a little more present as well, getting to really live it and experience it and cherish it. Because when we released and record uh, toured OK, we were busy on to the next project. And with this one, I wanted to make sure that I did have at least six months of living the excitement 
um, of the Great Depression being this new and exciting milestone in the history of as it is. And is that celebration, is that experience lived within the like the touring cycle or where do you, where do you find yourself in that regard? It's really just in the, um, the mutual kind of life experience of between ourselves and the people who consume this record, the people who see themselves in these songs. That's really where the gratification comes from. It's not where we charted. It's not what critics think of this record. It's what the people who already loved this band or are just starting to discover this band care about and what these songs mean to them. And it's interesting because when you write any song on any album, you never pander. Um, you only write about your personal experiences. You can always hope that people are going to relate to those songs, but you can never expect it. And you are just kind of holding your breath from anywhere between months and years, um, truly hoping with everything that you have that people are going to relate to these songs, they're going to enjoy these songs, um, and they're going to want to share these songs with you live every evening. It sounds like a lot of pressure, my man. Was there a point in time where you got to just ex- exhale and be like, oh, yes, like I, it happened? Yeah, I think so. I, I think in the first couple music videos and when the songs were released, when people were really starting to welcome the Great Depression as an album, as songs and as a world and a project into their lives, that's when it all starts to become real and meaningful. Now, this album, it had a really amazing featured guest uh, with Aaron uh, Gillespie of Under Oath. And I remember seeing, like, uh, the band Twitter, and I'm not sure who runs that thing, but whoever was around that time, they were pretty stoked about this this feature. I remember seeing the tweets, and it got me fucking pumped, too. Uh, I'm a big fan of Under Oath, and I couldn't wait to hear it. What was it like? What was this dynamic like uh, with your band and Gillespie? How did you make this feature come to life? Because most of the times, Patty, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're not in the same room with, you know, this guest vocalist that's that's featured on the track. You're kind of states, countries away, right? You would be correct, yeah. I mean, we did not meet Aaron until... Uh, the record was finished. We met Aaron on Warp Tour of 2018, yeah. and he was nothing but gracious and appreciative, and we were the same. I mean, un- Under Oath is one of our biggest influences, whether you can tell it or whether you can't, but I mean, we recorded our first album with a producer called James Paul Wisner, who produced Thorough Only Chasing Safety yeah. by Under Oath, amongst other records that we hugely looked up to, like Dashboard Confessional and The Academy Is, so many other artists, but... Um, Under Oath has been one of ours and my biggest influence for, for a very long time. I covered Under Oath when I was 13 or 14 years old, listened to Under Oath for years and years and years. And when, I guess there were two things, is that we were consciously and very intentionally and thoughtfully paying homage to emo and post-hardcore bands on this record. Um, which explains the hair, which explains the sound, all these other facets. Um, but equally, we wanted somebody who was um, a part of that scene in a very big way um, to only further emphasize um, what we were doing. And equally, when um, Under Oath became label buddies of ours, when they signed to Fearless, it seemed 
significantly more possible, um, significantly closer. But you're right. Um, Aaron wasn't in the room, but I think one of the most important things is that we wrote the part of the song with him in mind and only him yeah. knowing that he was interested in featuring on the record. And I think it adds so much more soul and integrity when a part is written specifically for that artist. Um, because you, you see it very often that there, um, that there are guest vocalists on a song or a part and it really could just be anybody, but really this for us was Aaron's part. We wrote this for Aaron and he reinterpreted the melody and the phrasing to suit his voice and his delivery and what this meant to him. And for that, I think it really makes the feature and the song. Yeah, it's it's really phenomenal, and I actually had uh, Under Oath's uh, guitarist Tim McTagg on the show last year around the time that their album Erase Me dropped, and the, the thing that Tim kept talking about, and I loved it because he was getting like fired up and I wasn't even pushing the guy, he, he wanted to make sure that people knew that Erase Me was going to be an album that Under Oath wanted to write. He didn't give a shit about what anybody else thought. And there was a lot of, you know, opinions about this album from old fans, new fans, whatever. I feel like there was a similar a similar kind of dynamic with As It Is. I mean, the, the Great Depression was a big step forward. It really took on its own kind of life. I mean, it, that's what makes an album so relatable and engaging is exactly what the Great Depression did. Was it intentional to have these two bands, your band obviously As It Is and Under Oath, have a feature from a band that was going through what seemed to be a, a similar evolution. That's super interesting. Um, it wasn't conscious, but maybe it was subconscious. Maybe there's a reason why that happened. Maybe there's a reason we were kind of drawn together for more than that. I certainly think that as it is, is a band where we've never entirely belonged to any one group of artists or any one genre. I mean, we came up, um, when UK pop punk was really starting to explode. And um, we, I don't know, we were never grouped in with the same kind of UK pop punk bands or even American pop punk bands or bands of this genre. We've always just been this kind of anomaly. We've never really fit in, um, apart from the people that just really seem to appreciate and gravitate towards this band. And we, we love those people, but we always write for ourselves. We always have ourselves to please first and foremost, because if we wrote the most successful record we've ever written and we didn't enjoy it, I, I can only imagine how hollow and empty that success is going to feel. I would much rather write a record that we love uh, and are proud of that tanks, that completely bombs, <laughs> that nobody enjoys because at least we really did try. Um, and you know, if this record, um, and I mean, I think there was more a possibility with the great depression than any of our previous records that this record wouldn't have been a success by however you want to manage it, yeah. um, uh, define it. Um, if it had been rejected by critics, if it had been rejected by our fans, at least at the end of the day, um, we would have done, made the record that was the braver choice. Um, and that's really the only mission statement that was important to us while writing The Great Depression. We have premiere episodes every single Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We're on Twitter at Spin Thoughts and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. We've been talking a lot about The Great Depression. Why don't we listen to a song off of it? This is The Fire, The Dark From, As It Is. Everybody, enjoy. 
So you just finished listening to The Fire, The Dark, off the Great Depression from As It Is. Uh, Patty, we've talked a lot about this album. There's a uh, new music video that just recently dropped for this uh, this track. and it, it was a different approach. It really was just showcasing the love, the energy, the passion from both the band and fans, uh, I believe from the UK run of this tour. Is that correct? That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. So uh, why go this route on this particular track? I think it makes sense. I'm just curious where the uh, the artistic direction came from. The The other music videos were really, you know, they were specific in the aesthetic. And, and this still blends well with that. But this is a different kind of video. What brought this up? Um, so we had spent such a very long time, months, um, preparing for this tour it's to this date our biggest ever headline 
shows as a band across Europe and the UK. Um, and we played a venue called the Kentish Town Forum um, to I don't even know how many people. <laughs> there were just so many people. Um, and it was very surreal seeing the queue, the line of people rapping around this building so many times and um, playing with very cool toys, pyrotechnics, all this kind of stuff. It was um, a huge moment for us. Um, but when we were making a live video with our friend Ian Coulson, who filmed and directed all of it, he's done so many of our music videos in the past for yeah. Can't Save Myself and Winter's Weather, amongst others. Um, he's out with us right now in North America. Um, it was the most important thing was, you know, not showcasing the toys, not showcasing the performance. It was really the connection that we strive to create every night between the fans of this band and ourselves. And um, there are so many shots of uh, people just singing their hearts out. Um, and it's so very humbling. I kind of have goosebumps thinking about it again. But um, the, the many of those shots were from London, but not many of those people were from London. There were people from mainland Europe. There were people from North America, from Asia, who had traveled to the show. And it was so very cool to share such a momentous monumental milestone um with all of those people and the music video captures something really really special that we felt in the room and i think you can really feel it watching this music video oh there's no there's no question about it i uh, i just i love watching it because well first of all i get really tired watching you in any video i mean i <laughs> i caught you at the pittsburgh warp tour date as well um and i and you guys in pittsburgh played really early and I was like, my God, yeah. like, I'm tired already from watching Patty go nuts up there. It was awesome, dude, with the uh, the mic swings, and you're always looking fly. You got the, you know, the red suit and stuff on, the loafers looking looking good, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how you do it, but you make me damn tired watching it, that's for sure. And Thank you. I make me tired doing it. <laughs> now, uh, as it is, uh, as we've talked about, uh, the album The Great Depression, there's a lot of uh, touring that's going alongside this to really get out to the fans to the friends of the band and just living in the moment each and every single day. Uh, I even had a uh, photographer, writer uh, from Spinning Thoughts. Uh, she was out at the masquerade in Atlanta. When was that? Friday, I think you guys were there. Uh, if so, you say so. Uh, yeah, it was recently. <laughs> oh, it's, it's that easy, Patty. Well, Spinning Thoughts is the number one <laughs> podcast on iTunes. Did you know that? I, if you say so. <laughs> One of those one of those things I said was not true. I'm curious to see if anyone can figure <laughs> out that. which one it is. Uh, I love that. But yeah, so I've actually I've been seeing a lot of video photo uh, from this tour, and it's you know I'm, I'm, I haven't seen the photos yet from my contributor in Atlanta, but I'm really stoked, and everybody should be checking out our website, thespinningthoughts.com, here in the next couple of days to check that out. Uh, but something I really think is important and just so beautiful, we have to talk about it. Obviously, is during this North America run of the tour, there's uh, there's representation from this group, a voice for the innocent, uh, where people can talk and get information. Uh, talk to me about this, Patty. Uh, the band obviously has been quite vocal about listening about. You're talking and listening, uh, you know, regarding mental health, suicide, uh, awareness and prevention. Why was it important for you, for the band, to bring this kind of atmosphere onto, as you said, this is one of your, the largest store you've ever had. Why do it with this? Yeah, um, it's, it's 
selfish and effortless in a sense. I mean, it, it's it's not too hard to do cool things with cool people. <laughs> um, we love working with the nonprofits that we have worked with. Um, doing my TEI workshop with Hope for the Day, all of Warp Tour was nothing but enjoyable and fulfilling. But um, with this tour, we knew we were bringing Sharp Tooth, and we came to know Jamie and the Voice for the Innocent through the 2018 Vans Warp Tour that we were on. Um, and it really only made sense for, for two bands that care so much about um, destigmatizing and talking about sexual violence and abuse and also mental health um, to bring A Voice for the Innocent out on the entirety of the North American tour. And that's what we've managed to do alongside them working incredibly hard. It's been nothing but a joy, honestly. I mean, um, in a sense, we were just picking up where OK, our second record, left off, where we encouraged people to speak up unashamed and know that it's okay not to be okay and with this record all we wanted to do was take it further and encourage those to listen so if those are going to speak up unashamed we need to be listening non-judgmentally so it's something that we had to do ourselves it's something that we had to encourage nonprofits in the scene to really embrace um and it's honestly been nothing but fulfilling and a joy to be a part of i appreciate you adding it in obviously the uh Sexual assault uh, and sexual violence, that is the big thing here with uh, this this group of Voice for the Innocent. So I appreciate you adding that into uh, the way that I described it. Now, uh, with the Great Depression uh, Tour Act 2 here in North America, there's a VIP that, uh, that people can get into. What does that look like? What does a VIP mean to a, f- a fan of As It Is? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, we have always, we never want people to pay to meet our band because we meet people before and after the show. Right. Um, So it's really, it's an experience to just be part of, we play, we perform three songs in soundcheck um, while we're just kind of getting our mix levels and we open up like a QA. and a um, I believe yesterday we were talking mostly about tacos versus burritos. Um, so it's very personal. It's a very in-depth kind of <laughs> look at So what was the outcome of that lively debate, dare I say? So it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I was kind of an anomaly. I'm more of a bowl guy. Oh. Um, yeah, so the, I'd, I would rather there's no tortilla at all these days. I used to be very firmly a burrito person. Okay. But these days I'm a bowl or a salad kind of guy. Um, especially before we play, because if I'm weighed down by anything, I feel it in a big way. So um, that was where I stood, and we were all pretty divided. There were some pretty um, loud opinions uh, dividing <laughs> the room. Now, you know, I'm a hard shell kind of guy. Uh, I'm, I'm veg- Interesting. I'm vegetarian, so, you know, I got to watch where I go to get my taco fill. And I'll tell you what, Patty, I make a badass uh, vegetarian taco if you're ever in Pittsburgh. I, I love hook that. you up, my man. But uh, yeah, I I'm, love that. I'm a hard shell kind of guy, but I also do have a preference toward if it, if I can't get the hard shell, I'm going with the bowl just like you. I'm not a big tortilla guy. Okay, that's interesting. So now like you that. know basically everything about me, Patty. Every, I love that. Everything. Awesome. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Every everything. single damn thing. Now, uh, something else that I have seen uh, a lot of, and I actually retweeted this on Twitter. Uh, maybe a week or two ago, it just was, I don't know, it just was so beautiful. It was, uh, it, it, you get to experience this every day, uh, but I see a lot of people posting videos of when they go to meet you and the other members of the band, and you can just tell, you can just tell that for some of these people, like, this is really something that they 
have been looking forward to, whether it be for a couple days, weeks, or months. And it's just so beautiful to see it, man, because all you're doing is talking. You're just, and, and you know, I think a lot of people are shocked, just like I kind of was whenever you answered the phone for this interview where you're just a dude. You're just a dude that that is down to earth that you can talk to. And I saw this video that somebody posted of them just uh, of nothing of real, you know, significance. But it was just so beautiful. What's it like for you? Because I, I don't know, man, it's got to get tiring, I'm sure. But what's it like to be able to meet your friends and fans so intimately uh, and probably knowing that it is quite a big deal for them? Well, there's one thing that may come as a surprise and one thing that may not. The thing that may not come as a surprise is that talking about myself is one of the least difficult things I have to do. So if it's <laughs> if it's press or if it's meeting people, it's very effortless. It's very easy to be there and talk about me. Yeah. Um, but no, we do sincerely care so much. And I think the thing that may surprise people is that, you know, I used to picture shows of the caliber that we're playing these days and in the UK, especially um, when you play to upwards of a thousand people, um, it, it must look like a sea of strangers. And the most bizarre thing about it is there are so many people that have come back to see the, this band so many times that we've come to know very, very well and personally is that when you look out, you, you just see a lot of people that you know by name and recognize and where they're from. Um, and talking to their parents and meeting their dog and hearing about their <laughs> personal struggles. It's just, it's very strange because when you think, when you're in front of that many people, you think it's just going to blend into just a sea of anonymous faces. It really is people that we have known for years at this point. Um, some are newer than others, but there are so many in North America, uh, in Europe and Asia that we have known for years now. Um, and when we do VIP, when we meet, everyone after the show it's for 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 many of us it's just kind of catching up where we left off and being like oh okay it's it's great to see you again and we'll see you next time and it's just a really nice effortless experience i love it and i love seeing the videos i hope everybody you know takes the opportunity to go at least catch as it is on this uh, north american uh run here it's actually so this is a healthy healthy tour and and this is just one of many uh it's really insane dude but uh it kicked off january the 17th in las vegas it's gonna run until like february the 22nd at chain reaction in anaheim uh california yeah. and then it and then it moves on it moves on and i'm cu <laughs> i'm curious because uh, i don't All know too quickly seriously i mean seriously you're gonna be heading back then uh to the uk and uh, i think a couple shows maybe in ireland for this uh intimate depression tour uh, mm -hmm. uh, where's my notes at? Here we go. It is uh, February the 26th. So it's like literally four days after being in California, you're going back to the UK, which that's like, that is a far trip because you're on the West side now of uh, the United yeah. States having to go to the East of Europe there. Uh, so you're going to be in four days, February the 26th after the great depression tour in North America, it's going to run March the 15th, uh, the intimate depression. What is this? Is it, is this? Is it intimate because of the venue size? Are you doing acoustic uh, performances, a mixture of that, or what is this? It is intimate in the sense of the room sizes, but also the uh, set that we're putting together. We're playing deeper cuts off of the album, songs that we haven't performed live in a very long time, um, and equally doing a little bit more storytelling in the sense of talking about where these songs came from. Um, so it's intimate in a number of ways. And I, be I believe, yeah, we, we have maybe four days in between um, that show, um, the, the final show of this North American tour and the beginning of our next UK one. I think we're going to sleep in our beds 
twice, <laughs> uh, possibly once. Um, we're not going to be home for very long. We're going to do laundry and put it straight back in a suitcase and hit the ground running again. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been um, a busy first half of the year. Um, and we're just honestly so excited to be living in the Great Depression now and sharing these songs and these stories with everybody. I, I, there's nowhere I'd rather be than on the road. I really, really love this record and what I do. The Great Depression, when you hear those three words, it has like, you know, uh, not the most optimistic connotation to it, but everything else, you know, once you get past those three words, I feel like this whole album is just optimism in a 12-track album. Is that correct? It is. I mean, it's it's what this band has always been. It's optimism through the eyes of a pessimist, I suppose. It's okay. it's 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 always at its core about remembering why life is worth living finding the beauty in things but it's equally you know this band has always been cynical and sarcastic and pessimistic and the great depression is just taking that even further would you have it any other way patty no not at all we're we we like what we do we're good at what we do i suppose i think you are too and uh I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing more of what's going to come here from, you know, social, social media is a beautiful thing. I'm over, I'm over here in Pittsburgh. I know I'll be seeing some things from the intimate depression tour. And then just for note for the friends in Europe, uh, again, because as it is, you guys just do not want to stop moving around. Apparently you are also then after this intimate depression, uh, tour, you're going to be. You're going to be hitting the road with uh, Enter Shikari for the Stop the Clocks yeah, right. tour in Europe. It kicks off March the 28th, and it concludes April the 17th. Uh, they've been grinding a lot, too. They're currently on a run, or they were. So, I mean, dude, are you tired? Seriously, are you tired yet? Uh... I I have been tired <laughs> at several points, but but right now, I, I feel nothing but great. I love it, dude. Seriously, the energy that you show, like I had mentioned throughout this uh, episode is it, it's wild do you have any secrets i mean what is it that you do on the road is there a certain diet or just a regimen that you have to follow to ensure that you're given a hundred percent every single night it's interesting because i'm i'm such an introspective introverted quiet and shy person when i am not on stage when i am not in this band being creative um i am a very different person um it's kind of like a uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. Um, and that's what performance has always been for me, um, where I can wear the skin of somebody who is confident and is violent and loud. Um, so I don't really know in the sense that just kind of I turn into somebody else for a while. If it were like me up there, you would know. I'm a very <laughs> different, uh, less charismatic kind of person. Um and I, I, I definitely try to eat as well as I can. I'm only getting older. I'm 27. Um, I, have, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I just try to be as healthy as I can. Um, but otherwise, it's really just a love of performing. This is one of the only things that I really believe that I do well and the only thing I've ever embraced as a as serious uh, career choice. Well, I would agree that you do this very well. I can't speak to anything else uh, in life for you, Patty. So just st <laughs> just stick to this and you'll be just fine. Thank you. That's the plan. Hey, brother, uh, I can't believe 50 minutes have gone by already. I really was looking forward to talking to you here for episode 162. Unfortunately, I've got to say goodbye. Before I do, though, is there anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to say that uh, 
your uh, fans and friends of uh, the band and Spinning Thoughts should know? No, I mean, I mean, it, 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 what you said towards the start of this interview is still so strange to me that, you know, we've, we're not the new kids on the scene anymore, that this is like our third record and that there are, you know, people kind of like, you know, we're bringing out bands now that are kind of like, you know, like you, you meant a lot to us like a couple of years ago. And that's yeah. very strange. I think it's just, we are so very appreciative um, and so very fortunate to be in the position that we're in. Um, just truly know that we are loving every second that we're making the most of this opportunity that everybody's kind of entrusted in us. And I mean, yeah, this is a very exciting time to be as it is. We are looking forward to hopefully a very long career of many more albums and many more tours. You know, I wish my name was Ronnie Ish right now. That's all I really. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, all, it's man. not bad being Ronnie Ish. <laughs> hey, uh, Patty, honestly, I appreciate your time. You're at Disneyland World, wherever the hell it is. And uh, yeah. it means a lot that you gave me the time here today. No, of course. Happy to. Anytime. Once again, I want to thank Patty Walters from As It Is for being here for episode 162 of Spinning Thoughts. There's not much more I could say about Patty and As It Is. So. Jam the Great Depression. Catch the band on tour in North America right now, and they'll be all over the place after. And stoked to see what else they have going on here in 2019. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. Contributors are getting their gears rolling here in 2019. Really great reviews coming out. We've got some cool ideas thespinningthoughts.com we have premiere episodes every single Thursday at midnight eastern on Adobe Radio those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday we'll be here again next week same time same place be good to each other and until next time make sure you share music spread love <laughs>